you check the microphone. Yo! Holy moly, good to be in the house. I can't even tell you how cool this morning's been. Jumpstart, jumpstart. You know, um, who was here to listen to Pastor Ruth last week? She ripped up, eh? And um, she was talking about, I believe in miracles. I don't know about you, but I was thinking like some of my other worship team members, that song from Hot Chocolate, I believe in miracles. <laughs> Where'd you go? Okay, that's all. But, um, but what I got out of it was how the sheer attitude of belief or faith in seeing miracles jumpstarts opportunities for miracles to happen. Yeah, when we just believe, just the power of believing. I mean, even the world will tell you how, how strong belief is, yeah? When I think of jumpstart, I think of two things. I think of those moments where I'm breaking, I've broken down on the side of the road and I'm waiting for someone to save me. And um, the second thing I think of is um, defibrillators. Did I say that right? Oh, defibrillators. Okay. It's the jolting of your heart getting back into rhythm, yeah? Just, just a kickstart. And notice that both things are so crucial to mo- moving forward. Look, if no one's saving you, you're stuck, all right? And I just want to say jump starts happen all the time. I mean, jump start can happen by your, your, maybe a family member or a, a real close friend, and then being honest to you. That can jumpstart you and keep you achieving your best life. Because, you know, if you've got a good friend, they're going to tell you the truth. If you've got a sister, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you your eyebrows need plucking. You know? <laughs> this. Or, anyway, my sisters do anyway. What's happening here? You know? <laughs> if you've got a mentor, those are the people that can jumpstart you. Look after those people. They love you. Song lyrics can jumpstart me, quotes and stories that have changed me from feeling real sluggish to firing on all six cylinders. All six, all right? I heard someone say four cylinders, and then I heard someone else say six. I'm like, oh, I want six cylinders, yeah? What about realizing you've slept through your alarm? All of a sudden, you've got ninja skills. (laughs) Hashtag heart attack. All right, that's instant. Jump start. You're out of bed, right? So before I get into my word, I just want to pray because I need some prayer right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just love that we can be ourselves in your house. I thank you, Lord, that you've sent so many awesome experiences in our life that have jump-started us into becoming the best person we can possibly be. God, I just pray that I use this word carefully, Jesus, and that it's me being used by you, and I just pray, God, that, yeah, people are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this week um, was a very busy week for my husband and I. We moved house, and um, prior to moving, I want to tell you something. We got so many rejected applications. <laughs> we had low chance of rentals. There was, like, none around here that were, that were within our price range, and our days were numbered. And the only way I could stop thoughts of doubt was remembering God's faithfulness in times before. 
Um, and and this and this uh, during this time, when I thought about the things that have happened before, and since moving here, our houses have always come to us. That's something that always happened. Our applications weren't compared to other people because for some awesome reason, God always put our application first, and there was no one else there to put out for, to to be compared to. We only ever dealt with the lovely landlords. We never actually got to talk to real estate agents. And the houses got better every time. So I had to remember this when, you know, days were getting shorter, no house, no nothing, looking around online, nothing showing up. And then we moved in our house on Thursday. And um, get this right, this is how cool God is. The owners of the house even built a playhouse for Adira and a chicken coop. And get this, both things were things I couldn't provide. But I asked God, hey, I don't, I don't, I'd really like a playhouse for my baby because she just always wants to play outside, but she wants her own space. I was like, I'd love to have a playhouse for her. And then I noticed every time she went to her grandparents' place, she loved their chickens. So I was like, Lord, I'd love some chickens because of Adira's um, love for animals, and she loved checking for eggs. So we got some eggs, y'all. Free range. So my message, oh, before I, before I get into my message, I just want to remind you real quick. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. When we delight ourselves, that's mean, that means thinking about those times, you know, when God came through, when he came through. My message this morning is about remembering his faithfulness. Because he is a faithful father. Remembering the God behind all your life's greatest jump starts to get you moving forward once again. And BC days. Remember the BC days? Even then before Christ, he was still on you, making sure that your journey came to this moment. I just want to tell you, if it's your first time here, we are so happy you're in the house. We welcome you. We love you. You know what? You, you belong before you believe. One thing I want to share is in Psalm 42.5. I'm going to read this to you real quick. Anyone have Bibles still? Anyone got a Bible? Do we still have Bibles? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone got their phones with the Bible on it? Okay. And here it says, Now I am deeply discouraged, but, say but, I will remember you. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But, say but. Wait, 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 wait. Say but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Does a steak dinner give you life? I love steak. If you see your favorite thing, sometimes I say, oh, babe, this thing is giving me life. But I say in this moment, in the most darkest time of David's life, he was saying, even though I'm deeply discouraged, I pray to God who gives me life. You know, we always have our um, broken down days, eh? Hey. But I just want to remind you of this. Fam, I encourage you to interrupt. Say interrupt. interrupt. The lies 
to defeat. You may be pressed on each side by troubles, but remember you will not be crushed. You may be perplexed, but remember you will not be driven to despair. You may be persecuted, but remember you're never abandoned. And you may feel knocked down, but remember you will not be destroyed. All right? Yes, amen. What if I told you that Jesus needs to jumpstart you this morning? What if I told you that heart needs defibrillating? Did I get that right? I still got that right. Jesus needs his bride alive and healthy. Yeah? In Psalm 27, oh, it's 27. In Psalm 77, David gets honest with God. He's feeling a little rejected, like God's hating on him. He even went as far to say, have God's promises failed me permanently? But David interrupts the lies by saying in verse 11 and 12, but, say but, but. then I recall all you have done. Oh Lord, I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. I would love to be in that position where I can just be like, I'm thinking about your goodness all day. I want to be in that place where no matter what's going on, I want to be able to say, hold on, you are still faithful. I have seen you work in my life before. You haven't left me nor forsaken me. Yeah? He goes on to remember who he is how powerful he is, and what he's done for past generations. He, not, he doesn't even think about himself. He's thinking about all the times God has um, helped the Israelites to get through from Egypt into the promised land. He's thinking of those times, past generation, and he's, he doesn't even talk about himself yet. He amps himself based on what God has done. He's still alive. Yeah? He meditates on God's goodness and can't stop think about, thinking about it. If you need reminding this morning whether God is still good, this room is filled with people who have got miraculous stories of what God has done. I mean, just this morning. Did you, could you believe that? That God can make something so beautiful, yeah? And I just think... If that can happen, why can't God do it for you? Why not? I'm going to wrap up with this. It's my darling. Where's my darling? He's ready. Oh, there he is. Can I share with you one of the most greatest testimonies of someone who forgot who he was? Not only his father, but also himself. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Lion King. Um, did, did anyone bring their line, no, book of line, okay, hmm, check your heart, okay, I'm just going to get this page ready, then I'm going to tell you a bit of the backstory. I was, <laughs> I was reading this to Adira for her, um, you know, before she goes to bed, and this got me in my feelings, the backstory to this was Nala, the lioness finds a lion living rather comfortably in the jungle with his two bros, Timon and Pumbaa. He reali he re she realizes it's Simba, her childhood buddy and heir to the pride rock. She reminds him of who he is, but he refuses to accept it. Okay, let's start reading now. Okay, everyone close your eyes. <laughs> 
I wish I had my fucking voice. But that night, Rafiki the baboon came to Simba and promised to bring him to his father. Who has Rafikis in their life that bring them back to the father? <laughs> when Simba looked up at the stars, he heard a familiar voice. Simba, his father asked, have you forgotten me? Simba gasped, no, how could I? You have forgotten who you are and, and so have forgotten me. The ghostly voice continued, look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. Simba knew his father was right. His friends were turned with him to the Pride Lands. And um, I don't know, every time I read that, I just instantly felt like, you know, sometimes even being a mum, you can really forget, yeah, everything's going on and you're trying to stay sane. Oh, is it just me? <laughs> okay, I'm the, only, I'm the only sane one, okay. But he, he says, have you forgotten your father? Have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten yourself? And then he is reminded who he actually is. Go back to the Pride Lands. Go back to the place where you belong. You are the heir to the throne. Fano, let's interrupt. Let's get interrupting lies. Yeah? And I want us to jumpstart the truth. Respond with promises. Respond with declarations. Respond by remembering who came, who you came from, and in turn, who you are. Now take your place in the circle of life. My turn in the circle. You know, I've heard uh, the, the book of, of Lion King preached so many times, but uh, the way that you preach it just gets me right in the heart. But I love that, I love that how, you know, the, 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 the words there were, you've forgotten who you are, and so have forgotten me. And I think there's a lot of people who, who really forget who God has already told them that they are and what the Word says they are. And as soon as they start forgetting who that they are, who God says they are, who God says you are, then you're forgetting the Father, really. You know? And He never forgets you. And He always had a plan for you. Since before He even created the foundations of the world, the truth in the Word says, before He even created the foundations, He knew who you were, and He had a plan for you. And that plan holds still. So don't forget who you are. And in doing that, don't forget who the Father is. I think personally, uh, can we get another round of applause for my wife? Because I think, I think um, I lucked out there. I did good. <laughs> yeah, punching, my, 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 brother, uh, my brother would say. Punching above my weight. Anyway, enough of that. Carry on. My message this morning is entitled, Wild Child. And Pastor Paul goes, don't preach this just before Chloe goes down to Wellington. 
wild child. I'd say, and, and the song that's been in my head while I've been ruminating over this message has been a song from Equipper's Revolution. And uh, the lyrics go, I'm safe to live wild. To li- oh, this is a whole new state of mind. I'm letting faith define everything I've come to know. I'm losing the tune. I'm safe to live wild. To live wild is to live your way. I'll let your word be my guide each day. And I will trust in what you say. I'm safe. I'm safe to live wild. You know, sometimes it's safe to live wild. Sometimes it's not. Do you know you can live wild? BC, as my wife was referring to, before Christ, some of us before Christ, we lived pretty wild. And there was, a, and there was a, a reason why we ended up anxious, and there was a reason why we ended up worrying, because when you're living wild without the skipper at the helm that should be there, you need to be worried. Amen? Amen? But, you know, people think Christians are a conservative bunch. I tell you, come... <laughs> Come walk around, come cup of tea time, go and talk to just a few of the people in this church and start getting some stories. I tell you, we got some wild children in this house. Amen. We got some fire in here. We got people that dare to live on the wild side. Amen. I'm not going to sing that song, but even in the Bible, you know, a really cool picture of living wild without God and living wild with God is Saul versus Paul. Amen. Saul was an extremist, man. Like he was so far the other way before he had his encounter with Christ. He persecuted Christians. He was so against them, so fiercely and relentlessly against them. And all it took was one encounter with the Lord. And he flipped like a pendulum, 180 degrees. That's what repentance is. That's going this way and then smashing into Jesus and turning around and going the other way. That's repentance. Repentance isn't going like this. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And carrying on the way you're walking. You can live wild that way, but Jesus wants us to live wild this way with him. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. You know, um, there's a few things we need to live our wild life confidently. One, we need Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen? Because to live wild without the skipper is a very silly idea. Amen? Yeah, the shepherd. That's right, Jan. We need the shepherd if we're going to be wild sheep because he can show us the way. The other thing is like, you know, Jesus told all his disciples, I want you to go live wild lives. That's from the Reuben version. Um, But before you do, before you do, I'm going to send you a gift from my father. And I'm going to clothe you with power from on high. Don't go anywhere until you're clothed with power from on high. Don't do anything until my, my father has given you the spirit of power on your life. And I tell you what, once you receive Jesus into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that guides us through our lives. It's the Holy Spirit who we can be confident in to direct us and steer our ship as we travel down our wild life. Amen? Wild child. Wild child. Luke 14, verse 49, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. 
Don't go anywhere without your American exp- uh, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Don't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the good news is for you and I, and the good news is for all of you, I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you don't know Jesus after this, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive him into your life because it's a very simple prayer. It's a very simple decision, and it's often the biggest decision you'll make in your life. But I will give you that opportunity. We need to learn when we go into our wildlife to trust God with our lives, not just a little bit, but entirely. Faith is about trust. Once we know who we are in Christ, we can trust in God. And I want to I read you uh, some scripture as well. But before I do that, I had this uh, image when I was thinking about faith and our trust in God. And, and you know, it's constantly a battle, uh, even for, for us Christians who know who we are in Christ. Often we're still just holding on a little bit to the old man. We're holding on a little bit to, to old Reuben. And, uh, and, and we've got one hand there, and we've got one hand going, yeah, I'll follow you, Lord, but I also, I sort of know how this works, so just trust me where I know what I'm doing, and then I'll trust you where I don't know what I'm doing. So I'll trust you a little bit, but just not all the way, because it's a little bit scary. And I was thinking about when my, when my daughter was learning to swim, and uh, my daughter, she is brave, you know, <laughs> You know, she only took a couple of times in the pool, and then all of a sudden, she'd just run to the edge of the pool and just jump in, because she thought, well, my dad will catch me. I might have not even been in the pool, and she would just be like, yeah, my dad will catch me, and just leap in. And I believe that that's the kind of faith that our Father wants us to have for Him. Not, not easing into the pool, and a little, little bit, and then over, and then, okay. I'll just hold on to the edge of the pool, and I'll go that far. Okay, I'm, okay, I'll sit on the edge a little bit. He doesn't want that. He wants us to let go of the edge of the pool, because the thing is, when you're holding on to what you know, the solid reality that you've come to teach yourself through life, you can only get around the edge of the pool, you know? You can't get out here. I can't go see Raph if I'm holding on to the edge of the pool. You know, and Raph might have something good for me, you know. I might, if I go talk to Raph, I might end up looking like him, you know. But, but I'm missing out on that because I'm holding on to the edge of the pool, you know. And, and God wants us to just let go and get out into the deep end because it's in the deep end that we'll be relying on Him. And it's at the deep end that we'll truly find what we're capable of doing. My daughter will never learn how to swim by herself in the water until she lets go of the edge of the pool. And I'm telling you now, the Father is saying, you're never going to realize the true gift I have for you, the true life I have for you, the amazing things that I have set before you until you let go of your, your own understanding you've built and lean on my understanding, which is greater than yours. Amen? I'm so, so encouraged by the testimony we heard this morning. You know, we have some powerful, powerful, courageous people in our church, and you are one of them. And, and that, that is an inspiration to the rest of us. You know, it's not an easy thing to come up here and share what you shared. But it's only through full faith in your Father that you are able to do that, you know. And Philippians 4.13 tells us we're capable of doing anything through Christ, because it's Him who gives us the strength. Amen? Awesome. Um, 
So I just want, I want to do a little exercise with you guys this morning. One of the biggest things that stops us from living our wild life in Christ is worry and anxiety. And I know that Pastor Paul has shared before, anxiety has an eye right in the middle of it. Anxiety stems from holding on to yourself. It extends from just trying to do things under your own strength. This is where anxiety comes from. If you can let go of the I, if you can let go of the self, then He can free you from anxiety. And I want to read you this scripture from Matthew 6. Yeah, that deserves a round of applause. Give God a round of applause. I'm actually really... The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up right now because I feel like this is speaking to someone right now. Someone has been holding on to anxiety right now and your knuckles are white on the edge of the pool. But I want to do a little exercise and I want everybody to just join along with me here. I'd like everybody to close their eyes. I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture. Don't worry, we've only got another hour and a half to go. Matthew 6, 25. If everybody could close their eyes and just listen to the words of Jesus, our Savior, Son of God, the only way to God, the only way to heaven, our interceder. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? And the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And this is the key, my family. If you take one thing away from today, plant this in your heart, this seed, this scripture. Before anything else, before thinking about all the bills you got to pay, before thinking about everything you have to do this week, before thinking about the stress you're going through in your relationship, before thinking about your kids driving you wild because they're wild children in God. Amen. Praise God. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble enough, enough trouble of its own. I'm going to read that again. This is important. But seek first His kingdom. This means giving God your first fruits. This means when you wake up in the morning, before you're stressing about getting the kids' teeth brushed, 
before you're stressing about getting to work on time, before you're stressing about, is the power going to stay on for another month, before you're stressing about, is my marriage going to last this week? Live your wildlife and seek His kingdom first. Give some time to God. Give your worries to God. Talk to Him. Because if anyone's going to sort your trouble out, it's not you sitting on the edge of the pool hoping that one day you might see the center and swim on your own. It's about letting go of that pool, seeking God's will in your life, stepping out and allowing Him to embrace you and allowing Him to swim with you in the deep end and show you, this is what I always had for you. This is what I always planned for you. This is where you got to walk into because I'm telling you, you're not living life without me. You're not living it. You're living a shadow of the life that you should be living. So I just want to give you this moment. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Him, if you haven't accepted Him into your life, this is where it starts. This is where your best life starts.